So we have three sheets regarding the height of the upper sukkah. Coin to one sheet, it's a sheer tefach as we find by Oyal Tuma, as sheet is Rav Huna. Rav Chizda and Rabbah Bar Rav Huna maintain it's a sheer of Arba. Shmuel says, unless the upper sukkah has a sheer heksha, which is ten tefachim, you cannot consider the sukkah beneath it as a sukkah tachas a sukkah. Now it would seem that Shmuel's svara just, uh, just fits well because the point is, the lower sukkah is meant to be a sukkah tachas a sukkah. Well, if the upper sukkah doesn't have a din sukkah, doesn't have actual sukkah, why would you consider the sukkah beneath it as a sukkah tachas a sukkah? So, how are we meant to understand the three sheetahs here? And before we proceed, let's present a shayla, a chakir. The Gemara learns from a pasuk that sukkah tachas a sukkah is possible. It would seem from the Gemara, it's pretty clear, that if not for that Pasuk, it would be okay. One can sit in a Sukkah Tachas HaSukkah, apparently. That's because I'm sitting in one Sukkah. I have one Schach above my head. The fact that there's another Schach above that doesn't relate to me. It doesn't detract from my sitting in this Sukkah. That would be without a Pasuk comes the Pasuk and says, no, you have to take everything into account. If it so happens to be that there's another schach above your head, you cannot say, well, I'm ignoring it. I'm just sitting in my sukkah. Rather, it is considered sukkah tachas sukkah. So it's as though the Pasuk grants chashivas to the second schach. It cannot be ignored. And therefore it's considered sukkah tachas sukkah. Now, the two ways to understand the Gemara. What would be without the Pasuk? So you have one Sukkah, another Sukkah above that. Where are you sitting? What we need to understand is, I'm sitting in the upper Sukkah, because technically, it's the top Schach which is providing shade to this Makkah. Right? It's the upper Schach's domain. He's hovering over the area. The uh, second Schach beneath it isn't really functioning as Schach. He's really obsolete. He's unnecessary. The place is already fully shaded by the alien. Comes the Torah and says, No. Sukkah tachas ha-sukkah is puzzle. And basically the Torah is putting you in the bottom one. Don't consider yourself to be sitting in the top one because you're in his domain. No. The second one interferes. It detracts. It takes away. You're considered to be sitting in the lower sukkah. Torah gives that lower sukkah chashivas. So it's a sukkah within a sukkah and it's possible. That's one way to see it. Alternatively, you can say, well, if I'm sitting in the lower sukkah, which is covered by another sukkah, I'm really sitting in the lower level because that's what's directly shading me. I'm relating to that one. That's the sukkah in which I am sitting. The upper one is out of my area, out of my range. I don't relate to that. That's what would be without the Pasuk. Comes the Pasuk and says, no. You're actually also sitting in the upper one. The upper one is part of the equation. You can't ignore him. And therefore, it's considered Sukkah Tachas sukkah. So what's the starting point? Is it really considered the upper Sukkah and we add the lower Sukkah into the equation? Or is it the lower Sukkah's domain and then we're adding the upper one to create a Sukkah Tachas sukkah? Perhaps that's the rationale behind the Machlechus in the Gemara. Rav Huna, Rav Chizda, are taking the first approach. Without the Pasuk, you're sitting where? 
under the upper schach. That's the shade provider. That's making the shelter. Right? Comes a pasuk and says, no. When you added another floor in the middle, and you're sitting beneath that, you're in a sukkah tachas sukkah. So the only way, the only way to be able to ignore the alien is if the alien is so small that he's a non-functioning entity in any capacity. Not only for sukkah purposes. Because think about it, he's the default sukkah. It's his domain, it's his territory. You're encroaching on him. You're adding another sukkah in his territory. So unless you totally get rid of him, unless he's completely a non-functioning entity, he doesn't even have a, a tefach, which works for Tumma. Or according to Chiza, he doesn't even have four tefachim, which gives him some resemblance of a sheer makan. Until you get to that point, he's there. He's there to stay. So true, he's not a kosher sukkah. But he is it. He is the domain. He's in charge of the territory. He's the upper roof. He's hovering over the area. You can't ignore him. Unless he's completely obsolete, completely dormant. Right? So the default sukkah is the alien. That was the starting point. You were under his territory. Then the second one came along. The terror says, we have to take the second one into account as well. Now, underneath that one is the sukkah, the sukkah. So in order to get rid of the alien, he has to be completely non-existent. He has to be even less than minimum and can't function in any capacity. Then, then he's obsolete. Whereas Shmuel goes in the other direction. He maintains that the default sukkah is the tachtun. I'm sitting under this roof. This is my sukkah. Without the pasuk, it will be fine. Comes the pasuk and says, no, the fact is, there's another schach above that. Rendering the lowest schach obsolete. Right? That's the chiddush hakra. That's considered a sukkah tachas a sukkah. You're no longer sitting under the bottom sukkah. You have to take the other one into account as well. Says Shmuel. Well, if the alien is trying to be paisal the tachtan, he has to be considered a proper sukkah. In order to pull him out of the tachtan. In order for the alien to say, well, you're, you're with me as well. He has to be a, a sheer hechshah sukkah. A place to live. A malkam dira. This is the Svar mentioned the Gemara Mabez, really. The Gemara says that we're differentiating between oil, which works even less than asara, but lemifsal sukkah basara. That was the Svar. Rashi says, because until the Elyon is called a sukkah, you can't pass the tachtin. Well, the tachtin is the default sukkah, it's his domain. I'm sitting under the tachtin. If not for the Pasuk telling us, we have to reckon with the Elyon. But we only have to reckon with the Elyon if he is a true sukkah. Then he can say, well, I'm competing with the tachtin. I have a right to. Look, I'm ten tfachamai. I'm a legitimate makim dira. So only if it's ten tfacham, says Shmuel, it's called sukkah So again, if the default sukkah is the alien, it's his domain. So unless he's totally obsolete, he's still there. That only happens when he's less than either four tfacham or less than a tefach, in which case he can't function at all. Then he could ignore him. But if the default sukkah is a tachtin, that's a starting point. Then the alien is trying to pull him out of the tachtin. He has to first have ten tfacham to say, well, I'm here, I'm competing with you. Now proceeding to the Mishnah about the Pirisal sudden on top and on bottom. Interesting, the Halachal Maisa. We speak about things which are bottle. Right? The Gemara says, Noye Yisukah is bottle to the Schach. What if you have 
sach which is colored, painted, coated. The Paskim say it's okay because the tzipoy, the painting is bottled as sach. In fact, Rebchaim Kenevsky relates that the Chazan Ish's sach was actually coated, was uh, colored. Uh, decoratively, it was, it was a noy and it was bottled to the, uh, to the sach. Now, just, uh, just another point on the base. We discussed a fellow who happens to be sleeping underneath a canopy. And the Gemara says, if it has size, then it's a problem. If it has permanence, without size, it's also a problem. The Gemara brings an example of kinoifes, which are kavia. A bias, the Gemara says, is kavia, and it's considered an oil, even if it's less than ten tefachim. The shail is, we know that a rishus needs to be ten tefachim high. We had this back in Afei, we had this in Gemara Shabbos of Chesom Beis. A bias less than ten tefachim is a karmelis. You need a makim chash, a makim dira, which is ten tefachim at a minimum. Sayyidim Farshim. In this case, we're not trying to interfere with the Rishus HaSukkah. You're right, the Rishus is ten tefachim and no less. What's happening here is that you went to sin in the Sukkah. The person, the Gavra, the person is meant to be in the Sukkah. You have to relate to the Sukkah as opposed to when you're sitting under a canopy. You're not relating to the Sukkah, you're out of the Sukkah. So true, the Sukkah itself is not affected. In fact, Tesis later enough, Chaf Alvam and Be'ez Dira She'en Lakva says, you bring a bed into the Sukkah, and by doing so, you're going to Bimamayit, the size of the sukkah, will have no effect on the sukkah itself. A bed is just a cleave. It doesn't change the size of the rishus of the makkah. The makkah remains as is. So the sukkah itself is not being affected by the canopy, by the bed, etc. But the person is. You meant to sit in the sukkah. And when you're in something else, be it a canopy, be it under a bed, When it has either ten tefachim, right? That's one option. Or even when it's less than ten tefachim, but if it has chashivas, it has kvis, we treat the makam beneath it as though the person sitting beneath it, as though he's out of the sukkah. So again, even though the sukkah itself is not not really being affected, the makam is not being affected because this makam is less than ten tefachim. It's not a rishus, but the person beneath it, he he has a problem. He's no longer relating to the sukkah. He is out of the sukkah. And therefore, says Shmuel, you're not meant to sleep under these arrangements. 